I took the chance and I just ran just naturally as you just, it'd be just like, you know, the guy next door going out for a run and because I enjoyed it. And then I ended up, yeah, finishing that and breaking the record. And I'm like, my, my brother came up to me because he was in the same race and he's like, oh, you just broke the record. And I said, what? What? No, I didn't. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't even know. So, yeah, it was um, that, I, that no pressure approach really has always helped me. Like, and even in life now, like if I think too much about things or if I overanalyze things or if I, you know, you just got to find something that's comfortable and then just roll with that. Because sometimes you can, you know, like I used to think too much about, you know, am I doing the right training? Oh, I've got to do six reps or five reps or it's got to be, you know, um, a certain amount of warm up or cool down, and I took that whole pressure off that time, and um, yeah, and it worked. Yeah. So I'd probably say that's that's the only that's the difference is the, just the no pressure, no mental pressure. Yep. Yeah. Now that's um, it's such it's such a good insight for so many people to hear because there's going to be a lot of runners that, um, you know, are probably very similar and uh, are over analyzing and um. And trying this and that and uh, you know I really like how everyone's an individual and um, so the training and and the approach has got to suit suit everyone and what works for one person doesn't work for another so it's, it's such a good yeah. message yeah such a good message and welcome to the run culture podcast my name is Dane Verway I'm an experienced runner and running physiotherapist. I created this podcast not only so I had an excuse to talk running each and every week, something that I love to do, but more importantly, this podcast gives me the opportunity to interview fellow runners, friends and health professionals in a relaxed and easygoing format. This podcast is designed for the everyday runner, so we can all live, learn, grow and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. It's Dane Verway here and just before we get into this lovely chat with a good friend of mine, Susie Power, I just want to give everyone a heads up that not only did Susie achieve amazing things on the track, but she's actually achieved amazing things off the track and incredibly is the mum, single mum at that, of six kids and uh, with it the current uh, climate that Australia is going through with um, COVID-19, particularly Melbourne, um, Susie's homeschooling six kids right now. So I was pretty fortunate to get Susie online for this chat. And as you'll expect, um, we get a few interruptions, but I left them in there because I think it makes the chat quite authentic and real and really gives us an insight to how lovely Susie is and and it's quite funny, actually. So I hope you laugh just like I did uh, when, um, yeah, Susie's beautiful kids interrupt and um, and you can hear them in the background. So just a heads up about that. And I hope you enjoy the interview. So without further ado, here it is. All right, welcome back to another Run Culture podcast episode. Today, I'm very fortunate to be talking to Susie Power. So I got to know Susie Power when I was growing up and I trained with her just a a little bit um, later on in her career 
And to give a bit of an idea of the caliber of runner that Susie was, um, yeah, she still got the city to surf record um, back in 2001, uh, which uh, no lady uh, runner has really got close to. Um, she was third at the bronze, uh, she got the bronze medal at the Manchester Com Games in the 10,000 meters. Uh, she also got the bronze medal at the Goodwill Games in Brisbane uh, in 2001 and had a really fantastic junior career, um, uh, meddling at World Juniors in the 3,000 meters in 1994, coming second. Uh, Susie, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into running? Uh, so reflecting back um, as a junior, how did you actually start running? Um, well, uh, my brother had a few races at Little Ash, so I started through all the Little Ash system. And um, and I can just remember, like, he was, like, Mike, my, so he was just a year younger than me, and, and he was winning a few races in Little Aston. I was sort of made to run one cross-country race one day and I didn't really want to. And then <laughs> I guess I, I won the race, so it started from there. But so then it was just, you know, Mike and I doing our Little Aston. It rolled on. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, what was um, training like that back then? Um, would you... Because um, Greg, your dad, he coached you for a number of years, uh, did you start doing? Did you start doing formalised running training um, from a, a young age? No, not really. Like I, I sort of didn't do as much. Mike was really keen, and he was sort of the one that used to go out running more with Dad. And Dad used to race some of the vets races, and you know, down at Springvale, and, and just sort of go down. We used to go down and watch him running around the track, and Mike used to join in and stuff. And I used to sort of sit back, but. I suppose it got to um, high school. Like we we won a couple of um, primary school state titles, and then when I got to high school, I I um, did, I sort of didn't really enjoy running. I didn't want to run, but the my high school um, PE coach got me back into running, and um, and a couple of my friends started running training as well. So that's when my training sort of stepped up a little bit. So I was probably around 13, 14 by the time. I started doing sort of regular training. Um, most of the other stuff was just sort of, you know, just doing a little ass on a Sunday or whatever. I never trained really hard or didn't do any formalised training when I was younger. Um, and then, yeah, sort of my career sort of got more encouraged by my PE teacher and then um, and then a group of friends when they got involved. And, and then, yeah, and then I sort of, sort of joined a senior club and, and Dad got more involved because Mike was already on a roll training, you know, quite regular then. And then I just sort of joined in there and it went, just sort of spiralled from there. I enjoyed it more and it became like a routine. Yeah. And um, Mike ended up going to the US to college. Um, yeah. So did you ever think of that after school or were you pretty content um, training and uh, and just staying at home? Yeah, you know what, Mike was the traveller and I was the one that just wanted to stay at home. And, I don't know, I was just more of a homebody and I liked my training at home and I liked 
I like sort of my routine that I had at home. Um, I was a bit more comfortable and, you know, in my own space. I didn't really enjoy travelling and I didn't enjoy, you know, going over. I did look at it, though, and I had a coach from um, Villanova, I think. I, you know, obviously looked up to um, a few girls, Sonia O'Sullivan and that, that had gone through Villanova and, and that was probably the school that... Um, I was looking at going to and the coach, the high school coach, the, oh, the, the Villanova coach came over and sat in our lounge room one day and and um, I remember him talking to mum and dad and saying, oh, you know, like, we'll organise the flights over there and they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's, you know, you'll go and that, they were thinking that I was going to go and then, I don't know, we had to make a decision that night and I dad came out, I was in the other room and I said, oh, can I talk to you out here? And I just said, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And so <laughs> dad had to go back in to the lounge room and tell this coach that flown over from Villanova to, to sign me up. Um, sorry, she wants to stay at home. So <laughs> I ended up staying at home. Uh, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I had made that, decision how my career would have turned out you know like I, I don't know maybe you know it's a case of sliding doors I guess and you don't know you know what would have been if that would have happened I'm sure I would have probably ended up staying over the US like Mike had a really good lifestyle and I even to this day like I think oh he's so lucky you know like he's got a really good lifestyle over there and I'm stuck here but you know it, I still got as much out of it as I could just yep. staying at home and was that around about the time, because I was looking through the IAAF at, at all your times that you ran, and uh, I think you've still got about four Australian under-20 records. Um, no, no way. <laughs> I really? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I bet they might have, I don't, maybe. What? I don't know. I haven't looked at it for, for so long. Yeah, I don't but... know how up-to-date it is, but... Um, in 1993, it has you running a 2.39 for a 1K. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Can I you remember, remember that race. Can you remember that race? Yeah, um, I remember that race. It's one of the old Thursday night PB meets that were down at Olympic Park. And we ran down there to run against all the boys. And, <laughs> yeah, actually, that was a really good run. I must have that – was, that was not bad. That was – I don't know how old I was then. That was probably 17 maybe. Yep. That wasn't too bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, 93, yes, 17, 18. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, and I did a mile. I did, oh, yeah, okay. So I did a mile that year, yeah. 4.32. Yes, yep. yep. Um, and and was that the same sort of concept? What, what Like, because um, was that uh, – State state league or what? What kind of meets were they? Uh, yeah, the oh no, the mile was um Zatapet meet. I think. Oh, okay, yeah, there would have been a mile at Zatapet, yeah, and I think I remember running that. Um, and that was pretty good. That was I must have led. I I think I sort of went through that sort of year where um I was running a lot of races and I was just leading them and running, sort of running around. So it was a bit like a time trial type thing, but. I didn't think that was much, that time wasn't much good at the time. But, um, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, 4.32, probably the same with a lot of um, a lot of good races that, that the good times or the good races that I did run that were at, you know, like that were good times, things like the Sip to Surf or the Zatapec 10K or whatever. I, I sort of, those were the days when I thought, oh, didn't run too well that day. Yeah. But looking back now, I think, 
geez, yeah, it was. I did run pretty well, and it was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember at the time thinking, oh, you know, that wasn't. I could could have done better. Could have done better. Yeah. So I think a lot of my, you know, those sort of races, I walked away. Sort of, I probably was a bit untouched. I didn't really get as much as what I should have in my career. But yeah, you know, like I, it was just the, the time and probably that I wasn't as devoted as probably what I should have been. But it's what it is. Yeah. And <laughs> so then you did, um, I think, the other under-20 Australian records around that, that time. So, like, in 1994, you went to Sheffield uh, in Great Britain and ran 5.50 for 2K. Oh, yeah, that was not a good race, that one. <laughs> I remember, geez, yeah, I remember that. I don't think that was... See, is that a good time? I don't think I remember being really disappointed in that. Okay. I don't know whether Sonia was in that race or what what was that, 95? 94. 94. Oh, so that must have been that would have been just before the 94 World Juniors, I reckon. And and we went over as a team for the World Juniors and we had a couple of races that were lead up races to World Juniors. And Sheffield was one of them. And yeah, I must have been. But I remember thinking, "Oh God, that's so embarrassing. That was so slow that race." <laughs> but like, I think it wasn't too bad. But I, yeah. I knew that at that time I should have done a lot better than than that, really. But yeah, that's still under three minutes. That's still yeah. So it's just under three minute k's. I probably should have done quicker. But but um, geez, yeah, geez, you're bringing up good ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then yeah, the three k uh, eight fifty six in Portugal. Um, yeah. Uh, was that the silver at World Juniors? Yeah, that was the World Juniors. So, um, yeah, Gabriella Zabo won that race. So she, Zabo was the one that, um, you know, like won the Sydney Olympics 5k, just beat Sonia, I told them. So, yeah, so she was, she was really quite good junior at the time. And then she ended up being a good senior, but. Yeah, that was a that was a good race, and then that sort of qualified me then for the Commonwealth Games that year as well. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to the Com Games after that? Yeah, yeah. so I got um, chosen for the Commonwealth Games straight after that race, and then yeah, and then I ended up flying. I don't know whether I flew home or whether I just flown straight to um, Canada then for the. Um, straight to Canada for the, the Commonwealths. So it was the first Commonwealth Games team that I was in. <laughs> and, and 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 can you remember that and your experience at the Com Games and how that went? Yeah, I learnt a lot that Commonwealth Games because I hadn't been. It was the first time that I sort of really um, spent a lot of time with the senior, like a lot of the senior guys. Um, you know, just going for little runs. It was the first time I'd ever run an hour. I went for an hour run with, I think, Sean Quilty or someone. And um, Chris Wardlow was there and um, he said, go for a long run. And I said, I've never run an hour before. (laughs) And it was the first time ever that I ticked the hour. (laughs) And that was, yeah, because how old was I then? I was only 19. But that goes to show that, yeah, a lot of my longer, I never really did a lot of longer running training which in hindsight I probably should you know like should have done a few more miles but it you know that was probably the start of being exposed to that um yeah and just had a lot of really good friends like that had come out of that spent a lot of time with um you know learning a lot about 
um, a lot of the older, so well, net, that, that they, I was one of the younger ones, so they were older athletes at the time that had a bit more experience. And yeah, it was a good fun trip. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so going back to the World Juniors where you um, got silver and, and Zabo won it, um, was, was Sonia O'Sullivan and, and Paula Radcliffe sort of in, in that race as well? Or were they sort of, yeah, of that vintage? No. Or, no. No, <laughs> they were. I, I was a lot younger than them, so they, um, yeah, no, um, they were they were seniors by then. I did okay. know um, Paula quite well, so in those sort of um, in that uh, sort of time, I reckon it was pre. Oh, it might have been the World Juniors before that. Oh no, ninety two World Juniors as well that I went to. I was I spent a lot of time with Paula and I was really good friends with Paula at that time. Um, just sort of grown up, you know, in this with her, me being an Aussie girl and her being the British girl, and you know, sort of knew her as, as on a friendly basis. So we used to write to each other and stuff. But um, yeah, she was a little bit older, so that that World Juniors they were yeah out of that age group. Okay, they were yeah. over twenty over twenty by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I was looking back at around this time and there's this amazing photo of you running against the Kenyans in one of the cross countries. I think it was 94 World Junior Cross Country in Budapest, Hungary. Um, and oh. you, you were right up there and uh, there's a great shot. It's a great photo. There's about eight other Africans. And um, uh, can you remember um, some of your experiences at sort of World Junior Cross Country as well? Yeah, yeah, I used to love the World Cross Country. So that was, yeah, that was um, always a good trip to go on and you learnt. That's all right, go, go inside, go inside. Go inside. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd have one of them come out and, and <laughs> gobble the other person. Um, no, uh, yeah, World um, Cross was always a really good trip because I was always one of the... The younger ones. Yep. Um, oh, hang on. Um, oh, can I have a lost you? Oh, no. Yeah, so yep. I, I was always one of the younger ones there. So I did um, have, you know, like always used to spend a lot of time. I used to room with Karen McCann quite a bit and she was like a mother to me, sort of, you know, like it was really, it was always really good. I remember that um, Budapest one. I don't know if I was really keen on going over to that World Cross Country, um, for some reason that was, that was 94, but I can remember the start of that race and I remember going out and I was just in amongst, um, yeah, in amongst all the Kenyans thinking it feels so weird to be the only white, white girl in, yeah. in amongst them, like a whole different, different <laughs> world. But, um, but yeah, I sort of, yeah, didn't, didn't do so well. I think the year before it was, uh, 93, no, maybe 93, I, I came fifth. Yep. And that was one of the ones at World Cross Country that I was in um, also. It wasn't the same photo as that one, um, but when that, that was in Spain um, and I was there for, um, I think that was my 18th birthday that I went over and I went over and in Spain had my 18th birthday, um, <laughs> celebrated that over there and I came fifth in the World Cross. So I was... So there was all Kenyans in front of me and and then there was me and then there was a Kenyan behind me. So it was like, I was the only white girl as well in there, but 
there. That was good. That was that was a really good trip. So, like, just before we started um, the interview, you were saying, "Oh, like, I, I, like, I, I still love running, and I still have to go out for runs. Like, it's just important. I just have to go." And whereas at the start, like, of your running career, it sounded like, um, you know, you didn't take to it straight away. Like, you sort of, you weren't sure whether you wanted to do it. Like, you're a bit reluctant. Um, like, what, what do you think um, changed? Um, like, wh- like, why do you sort of like? What got you more um, passionate about running and um, enjoying it more? Yeah, it's funny you should say that because that was pretty much what it was like. And even um, you know, there was many times when I didn't didn't want to race, but maybe I enjoyed the running because you know it gives it does it's like a sort of a natural you know good feeling I suppose. Like you just you go out and you feel good for yourself. You've got that time on your own. You know, and that's how I use it now. Like I've got, I've got kids running everywhere, and <laughs> life's pretty hectic. And it's just my time that I can just go out and, um, and and even and that's why I don't mind having a little walk and stuff now because there's no pressure. Whereas the pressure of training sometimes in the early days did get to me. Like it was, you know, like I had to complete, and you know, like complete a session at a certain time and. There was many times that I was a bit different to, say, someone like my brother who could run training sessions that were, you know, like he'd end up going down to the to the track and doing, you know, um, 10 times 400, say, for as a session. And he could mentally cope with that. It was fine. And a lot, a lot of people can. But I was one that couldn't cope with that. I don't know why it was. But I found that very mentally sort of tough. So I'd never do a really good session out of it. So what dad used to do to me was adapt, do something a little bit different and still get the same session done. So I was still working the same energy systems. I was still doing the same training session. But he used to say to me, okay, go and do a minute on, minute off or whatever out. Well, so Mike would do his reps around the running track and I'd go out on the um, jetty um, I'd go out on the, you know, around the track on the grass or, or on a pavement or a dirt track and that's where I'd do my sessions. So it was just sort of mentally adapting and I was probably, and yeah, so that sort of stress got to me um, more in the early days, whereas now I don't have that stress of doing it for a reason. I'm doing it because I love it. Yep. And that was that's always been there, but, um, you know, now it's, I'm, I'm getting a lot more out of it mentally rather than, you know, physically. So I like, I like, you know, like just to have a, a bit of a sweat and, um, and come home and you go, okay, I feel good now. I've had my shower and I'm, I can cope with the rest of the day. Yep. So that's just, I think it's a form of mental health and that's just what I, you know, what I've got out of it. And that's why I'll never stop doing it um, yep. until I'm forced to. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was looking through your results and um, sort of from to about 2005, 2006 to 2009, it was harder to find any results um, uh, online. Um, how did you go sort of that through that part of your career? Uh, what? Oh, hang on. What year was it? Oh, from, from about 2005 sorry. to 2000. Oh, sorry. Uh, 95 to 99. Oh, yes. 
95. So I had a massive year um, back in 95. So I just come out of junior. And I think that's probably the same with a lot of people, like a lot, a lot of young juniors and things, you know, younger athletes that when they, they do go really well as a junior and then you have a few quiet years when you get to sort of 20 because it's a big step up from the junior ranks into the senior ranks. Um, and although I was already running seniors, like I'd already won a, um, you know, a senior 1,500-metre state title when I was um, 17, I think it was. Yeah. So I'd sort of been pushed up into the senior ranks racing against the senior athletes when I was younger. But then I found that maybe the pressures of everything sort of did get to me a bit. I'd, I'd trained, I'd been exposed to a whole different world, um, training with um, Sonia when she came over. And I, I lived and trained with her for a little bit when I was in 95 and then travelled over to Europe and and sort of a lot of things in my life sort of changed then. I, I, I came away from the old, like, comfortable in my own you know, own backyard training with my dad and my brother. Um, and then I sort of upped it to going, you know, w with a manager and being having some training done with Sonia, who was the best in the world at that time, which someone that I really looked up to. Um, but, uh, you know, I did a, a, I did a training stint as well over in Europe um, and... Um, trained a lot with the Kenyans and a few other international, really good international athletes. So I was, I remember running a few races over there and there was the pressures of, you know, being told, you know, a, a lot of things that I'd never been exposed to before. So I remember even running a pre-Fontaine classic and um, it was a fi like a 1,500 metres, I think, and I'd... Oh, can you go inside, please? Shh, I'm talking. Um, yeah, look, I had to go over. So I was at, I remember being over at Prefontaine and just, you know, over there and I'd run a couple... We based in America and uh, after the race, the manager came up to me and, he, you know, like he'd say, oh, you know, you should... I think you should lose a few pounds, maybe like just use, lose three or four, you know, maybe about three pounds. You'll run a lot better and... I think that played with my mind a lot for the rest of the time that I was over there. Um, I didn't know at the time because I've been so naturally, you know, like always just trained and, and not worried about worried about it. It became an issue then, and um, which is which is what probably happens to a lot of girls, a lot of athletes, maybe in them in themselves. Um, there was the coaching aspect that what I was doing for training, I should be. You know, like I should be running longer or I should be. So I got a bit confused with all that, I think, mentally. There was a lot more pressure um, and I became injured um, with all the changes and, um, you know, changed shoe company and things like that. And um, I ended up having, a, you know, my first operation, which was a knee operation, um, tried to get back from that. And then I started running locally again and, and you know, like then I, I actually started doing doing better and I think there was a lot of mental you know like that confusion going on in me like okay if I was now this little girl who was you know grow, like going from the com comfortable training grounds to now being told what you're doing is not right you know you should be doing longer runs you should be doing um, different sessions you, this is what you should be doing you should be lighter you should be 
you know, like all this sort of stuff. And I'm like thinking then what I've been doing for the past, you know, while is wrong. I can get more out of myself if I do it this way. But it didn't really work for me. So that's when the injuries set in and I had to, um, I ended up going up to Canberra. Um, and spending a lot of time, I lived with Rob D. Costello um, and his wife at the time, who was a psychologist. Um, she helped me a lot, um, and that's when I ended up having my 21st birthday over there, up, up there. Um, but that sort of changed my life again, like running a little bit with Dick Telford and his crew. Um, but then again, it was another training system, and it was another training way, and then the emphasis was still on, you know, like... Um, just a, you know, it was just a different lifestyle, and I, in the end, I didn't, I didn't like all that pressure. Yeah. Um, and that's when I ended up coming home, and then I met my now ex-husband. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I got pregnant with Jai, and and then life changed again because my focus became something different, other than, you know, being light, being hundred percent, you know, running all the time. It just wasn't what it suited me. I needed a distraction from it yep. because I just get injured. I'd be too, you get, you want to be too perfect that you want to do everything right, but what is right? So, um, you know, right is whatever suits that athlete, you know, like someone like you've got athletes that suit a long, doing a long, lot of mileage, but there's athletes that don't suit a lot of mileage. And I think there was always a stigma on this is the way you should train. Um, and, um, yeah, there was there, there's always variations to a rule. So and I sort of was one of those. I couldn't do the high mileage because I didn't get injured. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you um, came back uh, from, from Canberra and – and you got back to sort of the – it was the Mornington Peninsula, was it, again? Um, and and then um, I think in two, 2000, 2001, um, you really started to find your feet again by the looks of it, yeah. like the results. Um, anyway, the res, on the, in terms of results, um, uh, you started to, you know, produce some really good results, uh, especially 2001 where you had – um, a fan, that fantastic city to surf result, um, and you had an uh, amazing, um, amazing result at Zadapec as well, where you pretty much lapped the whole field and yeah. ran thirty one twenty five. Um, with that that year, what do you think just clicked and got you got right? Um, and you were a mum at that point. Um, uh, yeah, what what do you think you'd sort of worked out by that stage uh yeah it was definitely the 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 distraction of having something else in your life and and it was um i'd had that sound base like instead of being you know told to do this or that i sort of i guess in 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 a sort of a way i'd went back into hiding um and it, it you know like i did what suited me so when I came back from, I had Jai in December and I was, I remember having Achilles because I used to always suffer from a lot of Achilles problems. And um, I remember the Achilles, you know, playing up as I sort of started back into running a little bit, probably too early. Um, so I backed off and I thought, you know what, I'm going to enjoy him while he's a baby. And um, 
and I'll just walk and then just gradually heal it. I had a lot of support from my doctor and my surgeon who I've known pretty much all my life, who's still, you know, I'm still in touch with now. And if I have an operation, I'm going to Peter Fuller and David Young. <laughs> 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 and I go to, um, you know, Robbie O'Donnell was looking after me. So I had my little team. Yep. <laughs> um, and anything that went wrong, I'd listen to them. Well, I'd try to listen to them the best that I could. <laughs> they know very well what I'm like. <laughs> and um, and that they would know exactly what you know that, that what what I'd be like. And and Nick Bido was helping me a bit throughout that time too. Um, uh, and and just staying sort of low key and quiet. And then um. You know, I sort of just gradually got back to the point where I was running and then Dad took over tra- coaching me again um, just with um, just down at the local park. And, you know, there'd be nights when I would bring Jai in the pram and I'd run my warm-up with him in the pram. And so it was really, if you know that mental, that it was not a professional mindset. So I, I didn't have a lot of pressure on me. Um, so when I ran, I just ran like I like naturally like I would and one day when I was doing a run um and dad used to come out on his bike a fair bit and one day he just sort of said to me oh geez you're running quick you know like you get on the bike there was no gps watches or anything in those days so he'd have this thing on his bike that was and it was I'd be doing a threshold run for like 30 20 25 or 30 minutes you know 18 or 19 kilometers or yeah, 18 kilometres an hour or something, whatever it was. And I remember him going, geez, you're flying. I reckon you should go up and do the Sydney Surf. I'm like, oh, really? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I'll just, we'll decide closer to the day. And it came a week before or whatever and um, had really good support from New Balance who were, were um, who sponsored me. And they, they took the chance. They said, okay, we'll fly you up there. Because uh, I said, you know, like, what do I do? I've got, you know, a new a baby that I'm still feeding. He was only seven months old. Um, and then I took the chance. I just ran just naturally as you just, it'd be just like, you know, the guy next door going out for a run and because I enjoyed it. And then I ended up, yeah, finishing that and breaking the record. And I'm like, my, my brother came up to me because he was in the same race. And he's like, oh, you just broke the record. And I said, what? What? No, I didn't. You know, like... <laughs> know so yeah it was um that that no pressure approach really has always helped me like and even in life now like if I think too much about things or if I overanalyze things or if I you know you just got to find something that's comfortable and then just roll with that because sometimes you can you know I used to think too much about you know am I doing the right training oh I've got to do six reps or five reps or it's got to be you know um a certain amount of warm up or cool down, and I took that whole pressure off that time, and um, yeah, and it worked. Yeah. So I'd probably say that's that's the only that's the difference is the, just the no pressure, no mental pressure. Yep. Yeah. No, that's um, it's such it's such a good insight for so many people to hear because there's going to be a lot of runners that um, you know, are probably very similar and uh, are over analyzing and um and trying this and that and uh you know I, I really like how everyone's an individual and um so the training and and the approach has got to suit suit everyone and what works for one person doesn't work for another so it's, it's such a good yeah. message yeah such a good message and 
Um, yeah, I wanted to like keep keep sort of going on um, to to Zadapec, um and that that run that you ran at the end after City to Surf when you ran thirty one twenty six. Um, can you remember that night and uh, um, and how you felt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that night. I think I could forget it because it was pouring with rain. Yeah. It was one of those nights that everyone on it, like what I do now is I go shut all the blinds and go sit by the fire. <laughs> but that night, it was a Thursday, whatever it was, a Thursday night or whatever, and we drove up and it was pouring with rain and dark, you know, just a dark, wet, drizzly night. Um, remember warming up going, oh, God, you know, didn't, I didn't think I was in good shape. I remember standing on the starting line with all these really, you know, good girls and and thinking, oh, I just feel like I'm unfit. I feel like now looking back, you know, like it's not. But um, And I remember, you know, just um, just starting that run and, and, and then all of a sudden I just I just got into – the zone that I usually used to get into when I used to do a threshold run, which was back to those days, you know, when dad was on the bike and he was saying, geez, you, you know, do a 20 minute threshold or a 25 minute threshold. And before that race, that's what he said to me. He said, don't think of it as laps around a track, which I could never mentally get around. So um, I used to have to run by time because that was what suited me. So I'd say, okay, well, I'm just going to run as hard as I can for 30 minutes, you know, as in, so just in simple terms. Um, so I'd actually, Nick had set up, I think, Benita to do the first 5K of that race. Um, yeah, he set up someone to sort of run the first 5K and we sort of all ran around and it was as soon as she sort of pulled out and dropped dropped out I just ran like I was just on my own training it because I you know the, the rain was belting down just like when you're going for a run in the rain just sort of just run it and get it laps just went by and I just would I end up catching like I, mean, I remember even lapping Karen who was yeah. coming set you know second so I lapped the whole entire field I, I don't know how it happened so I just ran and you know, you just aim for the next person and the crowd is always really good at Zadapec. It's always been a good, always a great meet. Um, yeah, and, and I just I just felt good. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt good. So um, uh, it was just one of those days when, you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to um, some days when you go training and you go for a run and you finished your run and you go, oh, did I even go for a run? Or, you know, you just some of those runs that you go on you go I just run and I'm not even getting tired yeah um it was one of those runs where I just I just couldn't run fast enough to actually get tired so <laughs> yeah that was good it was a good good day <laughs> although the next day I could hardly run I remember trying to do an easy run and I just physically couldn't my whole tummy and everything was this in like so I'd obviously run hard yeah yeah but um yeah no, no. <laughs> That's great, um, and and so then from there, uh, because also that year you came third at the Goodwill Games in in a really good uh, finish, um, and you were about two seconds behind Dorada Tulu, um, uh, running thirty one fifty, uh, and, and then 
like it just seems like a, a really amazing time in your career, th- th- this sort of patch. Um, and then I've also got that you ran an amazing half marathon the next year, uh, uh, running running sixty seven uh, fifty, um, and and then also um, going to the Manchester Com Games um, where you, where you got bronze. Um, can you mem- remember? Um, a couple of those races as well and um yeah that time time in your running career and what what you were sort of thinking and and do you feel like um you, you lived up to your potential around that time or were you thinking bigger and better things or you're you're really proud of what you achieved um yeah i can remember that time so once i'd sort of run the city to surf um like obviously nick had helped me sort of get then but go you know like just to take me to the next step, which was going to Brisbane for the um, the Goodwill Games. And when that result, um, you know, with that result, I ended up, you know, running the 5K as well, doing okay in that. And I guess it was just that further step. So I was obviously really surprised with that and thought, just keep, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Um, and then, um, yeah, that then led me on to the Commonwealth um, the fo- the following year. So I was still, I think I did a few little like races in between and stuff. Um, at the Commonwealth Games in Manchester, I think I probably could have, I remember being very, very disappointed after that race, like extremely disappointed over at the, um, the warm-up track when, you know, once the race was done and I was so disappointed I should have won the race and, um, I remember speaking to, I, I'd spoken to my dad who was over there and, and then speaking to Nick as well. And Nick said, you know, come over, you know, I want you to come straight to Europe and have a stint training with me and the, and the group over there. And, um, you know, we'll lead you up to the Great North Run. Or, and I had a big decision to make even then because, like, I was mental, you know, I had had my husband at the time over there and my and, and Jai, who was my baby, and I sort of just sort of went, oh, you know, this is a massive decision. Um, do I stay? I just want to go home. I just want to have a break, you know, like, and just go home. I Nick advised me not to, but then I ended up did. I flew home. I flew back to Australia. I, I had three weeks of training over here. And then um, so I got back to normal and, and just trained as, as I normally do. Um, and then I flew back. And then I trained with Nick and Sonia and their crew for a couple of, oh, whether it was, oh, it was leading up all up to the Great North Run. So training changed a little bit. I really did pick up a lot. Like I, I did do really well. It was 100% that sort of lifestyle and I enjoyed it. You know, like had, um, you know, good company and it, it ended up being really well. And then I, I was a bit tired by the end of it and then um, ran the Great North Run um, you know, not, so I think Sonia won that race. So Sonia won it. Um, and I was doing a fair bit of training. I'd raced a couple of other big races with her as well before that, um, other road races. Um, so yeah, I did get a lot out of that trip and, um, and then things sort of changed after that. I, you know, like after I ran the great North run, which I was very happy with doing, um, we were going to look at doing a marathon after that. Um, I don't know whether I got sore or something came up and 
um, it was a decision. I then came to the point in my career when I had to decide between, you know, dad coaching me still or having an input into my coaching or Nick taking over and, and fully taking over with the coaching and the training. Um, and that just broke me. So that that's the thing that um, got me after that. And that's why you probably won't see a lot after sort of that time. Um, I should have done so much more extend, extending on from that, um, especially that Great North Run and, you know, leading up. I think we were going to look at New York Marathon um, not long after that. Um, and it was going to be all planned out. But, um, but yeah, I just couldn't... I. I was torn between two really important people in my life and I just couldn't make that decision. And, and once again, the mental aspect of things got to me and they, yeah. it ended up breaking me in the end. And I said, you know what? I, oh, I can't do the both. And I, you know, it was just really difficult. I just, that that's yeah. what ended up sort of, yeah, stopping me from progressing to a, the next level. Yeah. I remember mm. um, it was probably... Around about this time, or maybe a few years later, um, I think that's when I, I actually um, did a few runs with you and your dad and um, and the group that you had um, back home sort of on the Mornington Peninsula. Um, and I remember you did sort of, you were still contemplating that marathon. Um, like you, you were still thinking about, you know, running a, a marathon. Um, does that get to you that you... You never really sort of had a had a good shot at the marathon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um the, the following year, I think it was um 2003. Uh, I was signed up to do Chicago, so I'd um I'd I'd obviously then um what uh, would have been the start of 2003. I ended up going over and doing the American circuit. So I wasn't with Nick at this time and I wasn't really with Dad at this time either. I think uh, Rob DeCostella helped me out a fair bit that year and set me up with his, um, you know, like a guy over in America. And it wasn't as comfortable. It wasn't as, you know, like as um, as easy as what life was, you know, the few years before that. So I was signed up to do Chicago um, and um, had that planned. But... The races leading as uh, Chicago is usually in October, and all the races leading up to that. So from sort of um, March or oh, May, June, July, August, no, I whatever it was where the American road circuit was, I'd gone over and had a few races um, set up, like Atlant, like a race in Atlanta or Peachtree Classic or something like that, um, and I raced a couple of those, and my Achilles just I just trained too hard we were based in Boulder and I had no one monitoring my training um you know like I had no one really looking out for me like I'd had in the previous years I had you know I was one that did need that feedback and that support I needed to be looked after a little bit more um and I never had that and of course I trained myself too hard um over at altitude doing too much mileage too many hard long sessions I wasn't recovering and my Achilles just like I had a hamstring problem at the time and, and both my Achilles um, then um, had trouble with that. So that's when I decided 
you know, I remember going for a walk with my with Anthony and my husband and and with and Jai as a little you know three year old and I, I I said you know what I just want to go home and be a mum I'm I'm done with all this you know like and um he said oh really really you know like because he always wanted you know a certain way he wanted me to progress with it and and then um I came home and the minute I got home I got onto you know my Pete Fuller and Dave Young and yeah. said please help me, <laughs> David had kept me going yeah. um, before the Commonwealth Games because I had this Achilles problem back then, but I got through it. And he said, come on in, we're going to... So he did surgery on both Achilles and <laughs> one of them, they were both so torn badly, like... Um, oh, oh, yeah, they were both torn really badly um, and... Um, I, I got those healed and ended up getting pregnant with my son, who's now 16. Yeah. And, um, and that's when my career slowed down again. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's when the baby started coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, uh, and for the listeners, um, you're a mum of six. And now, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the start of the, the baby, baby growth. Yeah. <laughs> biggest tips and on running as as a mum and uh uh make, making time for yourself and and uh uh what have you found works and 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 uh yeah um yeah well I've been doing it a long time I guess um you know right from the start when trying to sort of combine a a, a, a you know an elite an elite racing career with babies um, to now being, you know, still having my youngest is still only just turned four. So I'm still at that stage, um, although I have older ones now that I can say, I'm going out for a run. Um, I'll be, you know, 50, 50 minutes or an hour. Um, look after, put the two by the te- my two youngest two by the TV and the others, the, the, you know, the bigger kids can look after them. They still fight and they still do that. So, and life is still busy, um, but you have to make that time. So, that's how I do it. I set myself. Um, I set myself. I don't think I've had that, this many phone calls in my life. <laughs> 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 um, I've, yeah, I've just set myself. Uh, you know, I have to do, especially in isolation, or especially um, to keep myself focused in for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, you just have to make that time. And I have a little home gym that I, you know, can do some days and some days I say, no, I need to do my run. I need to do something that's outside where I'm away from people and away from kids. And that's just a time. I think it's a real good mental health, mental break for a lot of, um, mums as well. Like, I mean, it is for anybody, but it is a lot for, you know, because you're with kids most of the day, um, 
you know, it just sets you up and it's just a good good release basically. Yep. And because um, yeah. you, you, Susie, you got into coaching a fair, a fair bit like the last um, several years. Like, um, were you still doing that or um, – and, and what are you doing, um, yeah, like – are you met, like work wise and um think and and where's your life at now with um yeah work and um and everything like that yeah so now um I did I got a lot into coaching kids which is something that I absolutely love and it's something that I will progress to doing a little bit more um I got into a lot of that just before my last two children were born so um, and I sort of had a bit more time. And a lot of the kids' coaching is, you know, directly after school. So um, I just found that for my own my own children have a lot of sport, um, uh, they have a lot of sport and they have a lot of, you know, after-school activities. So I just found that I had to put that on hold just for a little bit while I, you know, run them around, especially just being on my own and you sort of doing it. So um, and then... Um, yeah, I also, but I, during the day I work in a gym, so I have a really good support, um, at, uh, what, like at, at core health clubs. So they actually, um, you know, have a few clubs around on the peninsula and, um, yeah, I'll be op- opening up PTing and stuff. So I work, um, work through their clubs and it's, they really support me and, you know, with my, with, you know, with the hours and that, that I need. So Eventually, I will um, go work more into taking more classes and um, and take and and getting more involved with helping, sort of especially young young kids develop. I think it's more. There's a lot of coaches out there that are for kids that want to run better, but I don't think personally that they need specific coaching. They just need the encouragement um, and um, yeah, just to have someone backing them because they love doing it. So rather than being told, no, I don't want you doing that, you know, at a young age, you've got to be able to monitor them and I guess teach them the way that I was, you know, the way that I was when I was in Little Axe and, and when I was 10 and 11 um, where I didn't have any specific training sessions but it was all fun when, you know, they still do need activity and they still need a low key um, without being serious about things, you know, like they still need to learn the basics of, uh, you know, running and how, how you know, how, how good it is for you, but also know that you don't need to train very hard when you're young. So I'd like to put a lot of my um, knowledge back into the younger kids, you know, like I do help out people when they, when they need it. I just can't at this stage in my life, dedicate, you know, a lot of time it does take, I like to do things um, 100%. So I will put all my effort into someone, um, you know, and I, at the moment, you know, my kids need that at the moment. So. Yeah, no, that's great. That's <laughs> um, and uh, I, I just got, I'm just aware of the time because um, you've been so generous with your time, Susie. Um, right. I, I just got a couple more questions um, when you reflect on your career, um, I just wanted to know who you regard as the biggest inspirations on your career. Oh, geez, there's a few. There's a few. There's a few good ones, and um, yeah. obviously, the, like the ones that are sort of kept me going, basically, um, 
you know, it started from my PE teacher back in when I was at school, Robbie, Robbie Morgan Morris at, down at Padua. Yep. So he was, um, you know, he was one of the, the, the started, started good influences. Um, obviously, my dad throughout my whole career, um, he's always been there. Um, and my uncle was played a huge part in, in helping me when I was younger. Um, you know, there's also uh, my brother, obviously. Um, Nick Bideau, um did play a huge part. Um, and, you know, obviously, the, you know, um, uh, Deeks and his wife at the time, Gay- Gaylene, they, they were good. Um, there's been a lot of people that have really kept me ticking along. And then obviously my me- the medical team that persisted with me for so long. <laughs> Robbie O'Donnell and Peter Fuller and Dave Young, they surely know me inside out because they, you know, David Young still did an operation on me and Pete was there um, on a bunion on my foot, like just not last year, the year before. So everyone was like, stop running. <laughs> stop. But, um, you know, like, it's all right. They know what, what I'm like. So, yeah. So all these people have played a big part in supporting me. So, um, and, you know, you do remember, remember all, that they kept me going, you know. Could have, could they could have easily, t- they and they knew exactly what I was like and and the approach that I needed. Um, so there's obviously good times and bad times with all everybody, but um, but all in all, they you know they were the big, biggest inspirations that kept me going and believed in me. Basically, said that you know like yeah, that just believing in stuff, believing in me. Yeah. And mm. the and then just um, last two the what were the um, biggest learnings um, from your career so uh, probably the biggest takeaways um, from your running what what did running teach you the most um, about you and um, that you still use today in life uh, you've got to believe in yourself and I think instincts are a massive thing I'm big 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 believer in um, you know your gut feeling and um, also having that confidence in yourself to um, you know, there's always going to be people out there telling you there's always going to be someone that's, you know, richer, prettier, skinnier, whatever. It's the same with running. There's always going to be a, you know, a better runner, a worse runner, a runner that's doing different training that you're going to look at and say, you know, oh, I should be doing what they're doing because I could, I want to be as good as them. But in the end, it's what suits you as an individual. And I think that's the best lesson that I've learned about even now um and, and and I still you know relate to that now you have to find what you really what really suits you and what you thrive in and you know there's you know there's people out there that just can't couldn't wouldn't have six kids because they can't cope with six kids whereas I had six kids and you know my baby was sent to me and it was the same with running like I couldn't do a lot of mileage I realized that and it's still to this day you know like maybe i you know, there was probably ways that I could have dealt with things, but I wasn't a mileage runner. Whereas someone like Deeks, he was a mileage runner. He was strong enough to do that. But I think someone of Deeks' caliber and Deeks' training, and then you've got a lot of people that copied that system that went along. Some of those might not have suited those people, you know, those runners, and they might have not got the best out of themselves. So I think finding individual and what suits you um, and having confidence in listening to one person or confidence in yourself because your instincts actually do know in the end. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then reflecting on your um, whole running career, what what were the three number the three best highlights? The three best highlights from your career. As in best races? Um, yeah, or, or not even races, like just points. just moments that you reflect on and and go, oh, that was, I I really cherish that moment. Um, and you think you still you still remember it quite vividly um and it was quite imp- you hold it quite important to you it's a uh, hard oh, question definitely um definitely sort of when i was younger it was probably around the time of um you know winning like winning an, a state title when i was 17 you know in this and running against the senior girls that just sort of come back from barcelona olympics that was a big um turnaround sort of a belief that you know that I could I could match it with them so um and obviously around the time of the Goodwill Games that was a big big like between the Sydney Surf and the Goodwill Games that gave me like wow is this really sort of happening yeah um you know like I have you know I could do something um yeah and oh they're probably two big big turning points that um that I had and then yeah I yeah, there's also the the wrong bits that I did, but the but they were they were positive, you know. Like I knew that I was on the right track, and I I probably in hindsight probably should have stayed with that routine and believed in myself at that time and said, no, you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, what I'm doing now and and taking that to this to the next level. But um, yeah, I I just didn't know how to do that at the time. So I think um, nowadays maybe that's a little bit. You know, people probably have that little bit more support, but but yeah, yeah. I, I sort of you've got to keep those people that really do mean a lot or have put a lot of time into you. You've got to keep them close to you and never, you know, like because they're the ones that really do believe in you and they're going to guide you to the best way. Yeah, so grass isn't always greener on the other side, so yeah, <laughs> I've learnt that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much um, great advice and wisdom. Um, yeah, in this chat with you, Susie. Um, yeah, and it, it was I really enjoyed it. Um, um, yeah, because um, yeah, you've got so much experience to draw from, and um, uh, like you've you've lived and breathed um, running and. Um, uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people will find that so useful. Um, so now thanks for the time and, uh, thanks for a great chat. Oh, thanks, Dane. I hope you're doing well too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm going well. Um, oh, forget those golf course runs, they were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.